we've seen bottle of blue label Johnny Walker, and we know that was relatively expensive. But it was it was just sitting in the, the the kind of cocktail trough. We kind of both thought, have they made a mistake here? So we just said, right, can we can we get one of them each? And the guy said, you sure with the expense? And I just like oblivious to it, I just said, aye, seventy dollars each. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute idiots, man. So, Holy how long you been married? Twenty years coming up. Oh, about three hundred, I think, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Derek, it seems to have been a long time since we last recorded a podcast together. I know it's not been that long but it just seems as if we've not been speaking about Rangers for a while. Dave, I don't know what day it is. I'm still jet lagged. I have no idea what time it is now. It's, my, my head's been all over the place for the last oh, few yeah. days. It's not going to settle down for a wee while I don't think. Oh, Derek, I'm not listening to you. You give me abuse constantly about being away. At least, at least when I, I go away, it's the sort of yeah, the east side of America or away to Tenerife. But you were away flying to the west coast of America, so <laughs> I'm not listening to you. Yes, all for all for a good cause, Dave. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. You tell me all about it. it sounded fantastic. Uh-huh. No, but uh, I think we've got a, a few games to cover, Derek. A lot of victories, a couple of uh, very important ones. A lot to talk about with regards to performances. But going by the last game, maybe a slight bit of light at the end of the tunnel with the performances that we've put in, Derek. But we'll we'll get into that. Well, we'll see. So, four games to cover. Yes, it's all sweetness and light as it comes for the results, but for the performances, certainly a bit iffy, yeah. but we will get into that, or certainly as much as I can remember, because yep. I watched a game on a plane. I've never seen another game, and I can't remember the St. Johnson game, so <laughs> it's going to be a great podcast, Dave. Well, Derek, just as, as, as we're talking, because we've been in, in the ex-conflab with Pepsi Max, I thought I would try something brand new, and I've actually just opened up a can of no caffeine Pepsi Max, which I've actually got especially for the podcast. So I'm going to have a wee drink of that and then you can get started. Mmm. Very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Without further ado, <laughs> we will go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. So before we've got to cover any matches, we've obviously got to cover the sad passing of two ex-players. Yeah. Ronnie McKinnon passed away at age 83. The defender had almost 500 appearances between 1960 and 1972. He won two leagues, four Scottish Cups, three League Cups, played in the 1967 Cup Winners Cup final loss against Barry Munich, and he had 28 Scotland caps as well. Dave, before both our times, but a legend of a player. It certainly was, Derek, and I know a, a lot of older Rangers fans out there, he was always in their sort of all-time lineup from back in the 60s. He was always there, you know, high, highly thought of, highly decorated player. He won a hell of a lot, and as you quite rightly said, it's a really, really sad passing, and uh, our thoughts to all his family and friends. 
Yes, and thoughts to all the friends and family of Jim Forrest as well, who sadly yep. passed away at age 79. Dave, I couldn't believe the strike rate for this man. 145 goals in 163 appearances. Oh, that's incredible. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's absolutely incredible. Yes, just unbelievable stats there. He joined in 1962. Unfortunately, he was pretty much scapegoated for the Berwick Rangers Cup defeat as well, and he was sold shortly after. And a lot of people put the 1967 Cup Winners' Cup final loss down to not having him because I don't think we had a striker after selling him and it was scapegoated so uh, but hindsight there I don't I don't know but um yeah just incredible stats another legend of a player yeah definitely Derek and again as you say just uh, thoughts with his friends and family and another Rangers legend gone yes so moving into the matches now Saturday the 16th of September it was a 2-0 win away against St Johnston in the Premiership we made six changes from the Celtic game. We lined up Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Ridvan, Raskin, Lundstrom, Lawrence, Lammers, Danilo and Roof. On the subs bench were McCrory, Suter, Jack, Dessers, Sefuentes, Matondo, Seamart, Sterling and Barisic. Now, Dave, I've not got a lot of notes here, but all I've really put is a carbon copy of most halves we've seen in control, most of the possession, but very pedestrian play. Yes, yep, and uh, not really much happening up front, unfortunately. Yeah, we did score on the 16th minute with Danilo scoring. It was a fantastic goal. It was a sweeper move up the park. Tavernier to Lammers on the right. A lovely through ball by Lammers to Tavernier, who crosses into the middle. And Danilo headers the ball into the net, but he also headers the defender too. Oh. The game was stopped for a good three or four minutes and he had to go off. And it turned yeah. out to be a fractured cheekbone. There was no danger it was a, a, anything meant in either the, no. the challenge or the, the header or anything like that. It was a freak accident. Uh, it was a great goal. That's the type of player we want, putting himself into dangerous positions. But just in typical fashion, you know, a player scores a goal, try to find form, gets a start, gets injured straight away. It was an excellent goal, Derek. It's my favourite type of goal, quality cross, header. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying, we've spent a lot of money on this guy. Why is he not playing? And he comes in, he gets the goal. Everybody says, there, that's what happens. You play him, he's there to score goals. And as you say, Freak accident, he went for it full throttle, he got the goal, but unfortunately it was a horrific uh, clash of heads and I think we saw sort of almost instantly the whole of the side of his face was swelling up, Derek, you could see round about his eye, so we knew it was quite a bad one as well and then, you know, obviously uh, after that he's uh, a fractured cheekbone, he's going to be out for, for quite a wee while, so really unfortunate and another name to add to the injury list. Yes, I mean, certainly we've seen since um, pictures of him on Twitter and on uh, Instagram of him back in training. Uh, certainly looking a lot better. Uh, whether he needs to play with one of these Phantom of the Opera masks, I don't know. But... <laughs> I really hope he does, because we've never had a player. I don't. I, I can't think if we've had a player that's ever worn one of them before. Maybe we have at some point in the past, but I can't. Honestly, thank you one just now, but here's hoping that he's back fully recovered because we certainly need goals and we need somebody to score goals and the sooner we get some players back, the better. 
Yes. So Seymour came on for him a few minutes later. On the 24th minute, on the left side of the box, Seymour rounds the defender, gets a shot off at an angle, but the keeper blocks. 35th minute, a header by St. Johnson with no power and an easy take for Butland. 42nd minute, going forward, get, we get the break of the ball and Seymour has a speculative shot from 20 yards, but easy for the keeper. 46 minutes, St. Johnson floated the ball into our box on, from a free kick on the right side. First time shot, but an easy take from Butland and that was half time. So, as I said, really not a lot to, to talk about we were 1-0 up but we really needed to be playing a lot better up front as well story of the last 18 months yeah, isn't it totally yes second half in the 49th minute Davis with a short pass back to Butland the Johnson player nips in he tries to round Butland but he ends up knocking the ball away from goal and he falls over Butland's legs there was a VAR check after that um, but there was nothing in it at all he kind of dived as well over his legs so nothing in it there arguably could have been a yellow card for him 51st minute across him and from the left from St Johnson Butland tips it over the bar so certainly St Johnson starting off the second half better than we we were anyway and they had a couple of chances there so good save from Butland 52nd minute the game stopped for a VAR check to, for, for an instant two minutes beforehand where St Johnson had a corner their attacker went down very easily nothing was given correctly by the referee however it's the second time in quick succession that same player who went to ground easily resulting in a VAR check once again where was the yellow card for simulation? Exactly, Derek. As you say, and the, the fact that it was such quick succession as well, you know, that the, the guy had went down, I didn't even think it, it, it merited a VAR check, to be honest with you, but it, it went ahead anyway. But uh, I don't know what the laws are for checking VAR, for people going down if you can get a, a yellow card for simulation or, or whatever after a VAR check. I don't know. I've, I've never actually seen that before, I, I mean, can you think of an instance where that's actually happened, where a referee's checked something and a player's been booked because of it? I, I honestly can't think of one. No, I mean, he's obviously checking to see if it was a penalty, so yeah. I don't know if you can then I, check, like, have the double jeopardy type thing where you're actually, you know, looking for one thing, I've but you find another thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 54th minute, St. Johnson cross from the right, a hair away from their attacker heading it, and the attacker at the back post a toe poke away from getting it as well, so really living dangerously at this yeah. point. 63rd minute, the ball in the back of the net for Roof, but it was ruled offside. Ball up the park, Seema appeared to be in an offside position from the naked eye, however, he gets back onside, lets it bounce, chase the ball, gets it, gets into the box on the right, cuts it back to Roof, who taps it in. A VAR check, and both players were on the line. I have no idea what the offside is now because <laughs> if both players are on the line, you're meant to go by the give the advantage to the, yes. the attacker. So they're adamant that that it, you know offside was offside and it was just the angle we were seeing it at. But well, give us the proper angle. So once again, yeah. VAR is not doing its job properly. The referee's making a, an absolute blunder of it, or they're not following their own rules, or they need to pay the full amount for VAR and get the full system in because I think we're still in the running on like a half VAR system now with lack of cameras. So, As you say, it's bizarre, Derek. It's, it's supposed to go in favour of, of the attacking player and it certainly isn't and it certainly wasn't in that, uh, that instance. No, certainly not. 72nd minute, Lammers off, Matondo on. He made an instant impact in the eight, 74th minute on the right-hand side to Lawrence who has a shot at the edge of the box and easy take for the keeper. But only five minutes after that, Matondo makes at 2-0 in the 79th minute we win the ball back in our half a pass to Lawrence who plays a lovely diagonal ball to Matondo on the left who speeds past his defender and places a ball into the, the ball into the bottom right corner 2-0 game over thank you
Great goal, Derek and, and Lawrence. That's what we've been looking for for Lawrence. We, we, we're looking for goals from him from midfield. I know he's just back, but that was an excellent piece of play, a fantastic ball. And Matondo doing what Matondo does. He's probably the sort of this season's version of Scott Arfield, isn't he? He's, he's a great impact player. He always seems to come on and do something for us, or did come on and do something for us for, from the bench. And there you go. Excellent goal for him. And as you say, game over at that stage, thankfully. And it's literally game over for us as well because I've no, no more notes for the game after that. One thing though, Dave, and we'll see it again in the Livingston game. We seem to do this for the past 18 months where we are the, the, the team that's completely in control. We get a relatively early goal. We'll see out the first half. We keep plugging away with stuff that's relatively tame up yeah. front. Get into half time, make no changes. The opposition come out the better team for maybe the first five, ten minutes of the game. We start to get a wee bit more control of it, and then we get a goal round about the 65th, 70th, 80th minute, and that wraps up the game pretty much. We've seen it time and time again the last 18 months. And as much as when you look back on the game, yes, it's probably more comfortable than it looks because of the defence we've got. Now, granted, we're going to talk about four games with clean sheets here. The defence has always got that in them to make a mistake when it's 1-0. So it's not. Le- this is part of the reason why we're so on edge just now with the team because they're not seeing out games. They're not ruthless enough. It's disappointing. We will talk about it a wee bit more, but it's just a, a pattern that's been allowed to happen for the past 18 months. Yeah. It makes you nervous. Always, Derek. We're always nervous when we're watching <laughs> Rangers at Disney Mar. Who are playing... I've had 40 years of being nervous in games, but uh, as you say, it, it seems to have been heightened over the last few seasons, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So just after that game, the Euro squad was announced. Now, you look at the squad, it was exceptionally top-heavy. Yilmaz misses out. I think, who's it, Wright came in as well. Yeah. Ultimately, just to, to um, shore up the... I think you had to come in because of the, the Scottish coefficient of players as well. I just... It looked really flimsy, and with a team that got so many defensive blunders in them, it wasn't really great, was it? No, it was. Uh, we, we were looking for it to be a bit more uh, all-rounded, shall we say? He's possibly been forced, as you say, with, with the whole Scottish player things, because we really don't have a lot to change it that way. So uh, we were a wee bit surprised with, with some of the selections. Yes. So, but anyway, it didn't make much of a difference because on Thursday, the 21st of September, we won 1 0 at home against Real Betis in the Europa League Group C Game 1. Now, Dave, this was a unique one for me. Their plane managed to have Wi Fi on it, you had to pay for it. <laughs> I managed to get a hooky stream 40,000 feet up in the air and watch it while we we're flying over North Dakota and all that. It was just. It was a surreal thing. Me celebrating on the plane as well, when everybody's trying to sleep as well. You know, me celebrating on the plane, trying to watch it. It was just a weird, weird experience. Dave, I have no notes whatsoever. I can't even remember who scored. I just remember it was a bloody good goal. It was the first maybe half an hour. It wasn't great. I wouldn't say we played our best. I think we allowed them too much possession, too much time in the ball. We were quite timid. And then all of a sudden, from about half, half an hour onwards, we... We seemed to be a different team. We we got the grip of the game. We took the the game by the scruff of the neck. 
especially Lundstrom. I thought Lundstrom was immense in the yeah. game as well. And we got a goal, I think, round about the 65th minute or something like that of the game. And we were we taking the game to them. We up on every moments here and there. But ultimately, we were the better team for, you know, two-thirds of that game. Yeah, it was, Derek. I mean, we... Uh... I mean, the stats for, for, for the game, we actually had 18 shots at that game with five of them be, being on target. But Real Betis having more of, of the possession. It was an excellent game for John Lundstrom. I think we, we, we were looking at the team that we put out. The likes of Lundstrom being in there along with Cifuentes and Lawrence. So we were thinking that they, they, they were going to be our sort of defensive players, you know, with Lawrence playing just in, in front of them. But again, Derek, it's 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 up front. Ryan Jack was in there also in, in midfield. So I, I think he was just trying to be as solid as he possibly could to help the defence out because we knew we were going to be playing, you know, a top, top, top team. But thankfully it worked out. It was a game that could quite easily have, have, have went the other way. Thankfully, Real Betis didn't have their, their, their shooting boots on uh, because they created quite a few like really good chances to, but thankfully they couldn't score. But, you know, being able to see the game out and 1-1-0 was an absolutely incredible victory for us with Summer scoring on the 67th minute. That's the one, yeah. I mean, apparently we've played 30 games now at home in the Europa League and only lost three of them. That's just... Yeah mental stats when you look at it that way the, the game itself we lined up Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Barisic Sifuentes, Lundstrom, Sima Lawrence, Matondo and Roof Jack came on for Sifuentes on the 81st minute, Sterling came on for Sima on the 89th minute, Lammers came on for Lawrence on the 62nd minute and Dessers came on for Roof in the 89th minute as well I remember towards the end of the game playing proper games with ship, taking the ball to the corner as well didn't need to score again, just see, see the game out uh, great goal by Seema from what I remember as well just um, really delighted with the game this is probably one of the worst reviews of a, of a game we've ever had on this podcast unfortunately Derek I was working you were flying away to America so it was uh, the very probably the only time that, that neither of the two of us have been able to actually get a proper review of the match there but what we can say or what I can say for the the, the highlights that I've seen, it was a, a very poor first half by us with Betis having the vast majority of the possession and us really not doing anything, fearing the worst into the second half. But a much improved second half performance by us, a wee bit of belief. And we managed to, to, to get the goal and hold out, which in big games like that, Derek, that's, you know, I don't mind playing like that, to, to be honest with you. It's when we play games like that against the teams at the lower end of the, the, the Scottish Premier League, is what I've got a problem with, but certainly against a top team in La Liga, a fantastic result and a fantastic second half performance. Yeah, so, you know, it's something that we should have been using that as a stepping stone, a wee bit of belief. We've just beaten a good team in Europe. Use it as a stepping stone for our next game against Motherwell, which is Sunday the 21st of September, at home, in the Premiership. We got the 1-0 win, but from what I've heard, Dave, it was absolutely abysmal. It was, Derek, it wasn't a great performance at all against Motherwell. Now, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, Derek, but I do have a match review here that I can put out. The, the, the starting lineup that Michael Beale put out for this game, Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Davies in there again, Barisic, Lundstrom, Sifuentes, Lammers, Wright, Matondo and Dessers and 
you know, from there, Derek, when you look at the injury list that we've got up to there, Lawrence out, Roof out, Cantwell out, Raskin out, Dibble out, and of course Danilo that we spoke about. A lot of big name players missing for Rangers, so I had a horrible feeling that this was going to be like this, uh, Derek, I said it at the time. I thought if we get a victory, it'll be 1-0 just Going by the way that we had been playing, we had that huge game just a few days before as well. You know what we say about European hangovers and stuff like that. I really was fearing the worst. Uh, In the first 10 minutes, though, we were having most of the joy down the right-hand side, quite a few crosses into the box. But then Motherwell put us under pressure in the 12th minute and it was actually Lammers back defender, I don't know why the hell he was there, trying to clear the ball but actually puts it back into his own box and a great clearance by Goldson to head it clear Mother will be breaking again in the 16th minute into the left hand side, a shot just past the post, and Rangers really not doing that much, but uh, 19th minute a break Sifuentes to Dessers on the right wing Dessers tries a first time low cross, it rebounds back to him and then he attempts to, to beat Mugabe but he just gives the ball straight to him, Derek. It was, I mean, this is what was getting me about Dessers. I thought he had a very poor game against Motherwell. He was making that Mugabe look like an absolute world-class player. That was a chance that, I mean, he, sh- he should have just, uh, you know, beat that guy hands down, one-on-one with the keeper. Couldn't do anything. Ended up just passing it straight to him. It was really, really poor play. But thankfully, in the 25th minute, we got the goal and it was a bit of fortune. I really wasn't caring. It was good one-touch play around the box involving Wright and Lammers and then on to Matondo at the edge of the box. He finds space, hits a shot. The shot goes towards Dessers. He kind of sticks his foot out. It flicks up over his foot past the goalkeeper and he runs away as if he meant it. Derek <laughs> celebrating like mad. But we did get that breakthrough, thankfully. 27th minute, a good play, right, and Barisic on the left, into Lundstrom on the edge of the box, but he shoots, we've seen that so many times by uh, Lundstrom, getting into great positions, but, you know, either wide or, or, or too, you know, high o- o- over the bar, really quite frustrating. Matondo then, 32nd minute, he goes down cl- clutching his knee, you know, and there wasn't really much in it, Derek, that's what got me a bit worried at that point, because Matondo at that stage was by far our best player, it's certainly our most creative player, yeah, an attacking player, he goes down, gets back up, but then a few minutes later he has to get subbed, and we knew that there was something just no, no right there, really unfortunate. And then on the, just just before halftime, a great chance for Motherwell across and into the box on the far right-hand side. But thankfully, the Motherwell attacker completely misses the ball and it is cleared. But that was a great chance. So into halftime, I think maybe uh, everybody, even inside the stadium, Derek, we weren't doing much attacking-wise. And when we were, it was Matondo that was in the, in the middle of it. Him going down, we were fearing the worst or at least fearing that we weren't going to make that many chances. And that's how it was. In the second half, we had a few chances. Sifuentes were great through ball to Dessers into the box. He was brought down by the the keeper, but the linesman said it was offside. Uh, the VAR check stood and it was classed. It was you know still putting it as offside, so it was still nil nil at that point. I thought there was contact there. The referee didn't see it. VAR didn't see it. But who am I, Derek? Sixty fourth minute. Lammers break, uh, breaks to Dessers on the left-hand side of the box. He shoots, saved by the keeper, cleared to Lundstrom. 
back to Lammers on the right-hand side. He turns his man as if he's not, not there. Great chance, but then just shoots straight at the goalkeeper. And it's, again, things like that. You, you see that with Lammers. You can see there's, there's maybe something there. But the end product's just absolutely dire. But then the sub that was made in the 67th minutes, Desertson right off, Jack and Simmer on, and we just lost it for there on. So the last 15 minutes, it was all motherwell chances into the box, putting us under all sorts of pressure. There was a bit of a goal-mouth scramble as well, 86 minutes. Thankfully, Butland was able to get a hold of the ball, and we basically just hung on from there, Derek. So it was a very poor pedestrian second half, but we got the 1-0 win in the end, thankfully, but not much to write home about. I think this is the, the where people are getting a bit confused as they're saying, oh, it's a sign of champions that, you know, they're getting, you know, they're, they're playing bad and they're still winning. You can do that on the odd game, but this is a, a pattern that's happening time and time again where yep. it's bad performance after bad performance and we're getting away with it. You can't get away with that all season because there is going to be games where you come a cropper. The odd game, fine, not a, a regular thing. Yeah. Now, there was booze throughout the stadium from what I've heard after the game as well. Whether you agree with it or not, you know, it's happened. I mean, I'm personally of the persuasion that it's, it's justified if the team are playing badly, even though they're winning. You know, we're here to be entertained. We're here to show, you know, we can play good football. And if we can't do that, then I think the crowd are quite right to boo. Now, I think the players have came out and said, yeah, fair enough, but it wasn't great. The manager came out afterwards and said, you know, I understand. And, you know, it's not the way I asked the players to play. And he was angry at the players. Apparently, it was like an hour before that he came out for the presser as well. So I think he's had a lot of words with the team there. And I know we've been going on about Michael Beale for the past wee while as well. At least he knows there's a problem. And that's, you know... You see, when you're you know going through the twelve step program and whatever, it's you know <laughs> not knowing a problem, knowing you've got a problem and admitting it. You know, I think that's not, a, actually quite a great example there, Derek. You watch the pictures, <laughs> I really do. I mean, not trying to trivialise that thing no, at all. A hundred percent, no. No, but it is very you know it's it's, it's, it's very very apt. At least before, when there was a clear issue and he was coming out and saying, no, I'm fine, I'm happy with it, and, and all that, when there's a clear problem, at least he's understanding now, or he seems to be on the face of it anyway, that this is we've got to play better than this. Winning is no longer enough. We have to win with style, or at least be comfortable, because we're not being comfortable in games enough these days. I still, I still don't know, though, Derek, when he puts the team out, what the formation is. I still don't know. I still don't know who's really playing where. And we'll get into the next game, the the, the Livingston game, and and, and the team that, that that he put out. I still couldn't tell you who was playing on right wing, on left wing. If we even had any wingers, who who was going to be playing through through the middle? I had no idea. And that I think that's what a lot of fans have got an issue with as well. As we we still don't know really what position or what style that Michael Beale's trying to get us to play. It's all great saying that he's wanting the ball out for the back really quick, but out, out the back quick to then do what? That That's the thing. We used to be a team of always playing two out-and-out wingers with one striker, try and get, try and get in, into the box, you know, to try and get some crosses, but I've got absolutely no idea what the what the style of play is at all now and that I, I, I don't know if you do Derek or you're as baffled as I am but I think that's a, a big part of the problem as well is, is if we had a, a clear indication of 
what formation he was playing or what style, we would maybe feel slightly more at ease, but I would just don't. Well, I mean, it's things like Matondo played horrendous last year on the right. When he's played on the right, he's played horrendous. You play him on the left, he's he, he plays fantastically. But he had him on the right for this game. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's things like that, that that make no sense whatsoever. You're still you're he's still allowing his, you know, aging fullbacks bomb up and down the wing like that. I mean, you've got a ready made replacement in right back for Tavernier there in, in Sterling. You know, play Sterling in that right back position, push Tavernier further forward, and then you can actually maybe use him a wee bit more and he's not getting knackered, and then you've got an actual defender doing defending for a change rather than having to get one of the mid holding midfielders like Sifuentes or Lundstrom or Ryan Jack fell back in the, that position when Tavernier bombs forward so I don't know I'm not a football manager neither are you Dave you've had to be a coach and not to that level though but yeah it just some of it is, is absolutely baffling yeah I mean it was like you know one of the things that I missed out in the Motherwell game there was when Matondo got injured it was John Souter that he brought on and everybody was like what the hell is going on but he went to try and play a back three and I thought at the time well maybe Maybe he's on to something here. Maybe this is going to get Tavenier going for further forward. But it just seems to make us more defensive than attacking wise. So it's it's just it's, it's baffling. That's that's what I'm, I'm I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So into the next game, the last game I've got to cover, Wednesday the twenty seventh of September. It was a four 0 win at home against Livingston in the League Cup quarter final. So we made four changes from the Motherwell game. We lined up Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Ridvan, Lundstrom, Sifuentes, Jack, Lammers, Seymour and Roof. On the subs bench we have McCrory, Souter, Desser, Sterling, Wright, Balligan, Barisic, Rice and McKinnon. Now it's a cup game. You're playing at home against Livingston. No disrespect to Livingston, but they're not Celtic, right? And you're not putting, you're not changing your team. You've still got what is probably classed as our starting eleven. Obviously, granted with injuries, you've not got McCrory in there. Tavenier, you know, you're not putting Sterling in in his place, giving him a, a, a wee run out. I think that's quite telling, Dave, as well. It is, and going as I say by the by the players that we had on the bench there, Derek. Really, you're talking Dessers, Scott Wright, and you know as you say Sterling. Apart from that, you're looking at at, at John Souter, who I am a a big fan of, Derek. But you don't change a a defence that's you know not not conceding goals. I can see where that's coming from, but the the rest. Scott Wright, Balligan, Robbie McCrory, Barisic, Bailey Rice, Cole McKinnon. There's not much creativity there, is there? So we are feeling the effects of all of these injuries. So maybe letting them off the hook a wee bit there for keeping the the kind of the same team. Uh, but I do understand what you're saying, Derek, with the likes of Sterling. It's, it's, it's maybe one of the few guys that you could have gave a chance to in a game like that. So... What can I say about the first half? Completely dominant with 75% possession, nine corners, but only five shots and only two on target. You know, what can we say? Uh, We've seen it before. Third minute, corner from the right, flick towards 
goal by Davis, but over the bar. Eighth minute, lots of possession, ending in Lammers having a shot blocked by Roof, deflects to Taverney, who has a shot, and the keeper saves out for the corner. And we get a goal on the tenth minute with Seema scoring. Seema appeared to push the defender on the left side, no foul given, picks up the ball, gets into the box, curls it in the net an angle on the left-hand side. The goal stands despite the push. One angle for me looked as if it was a clear push, the other angle it didn't. It was an absolutely cracking finish. I'm glad he played to the whistle. Dave, we are honest on here. I would have said, by the letter of today's law, that was a foul. However, there is a video floating about from a Motherwell game a couple of weeks ago where he's pushed them even harder and he's then went on to score uh, about uh, 30 seconds later. And that was that goal stood. So yeah. all we're looking it, for is consistency, but we're getting people moaning the fact that that was oh, a foul. So, D- D- Derek, it has. The outrage that this has caused has been absolutely incredible. There was a push, Derek. It's whether or not the referee thinks it's enough for it to, to be a foul. If he thinks it's been strong challenge to, to win the ball, which is what he's thought it has been at the time, it could have gone either way. But oh, oh my goodness, I mean, you would have thought that that goal was there, you know, to win the, the, the Champions League final. The way that everybody's been going on, it's it's quite incredible. As you said, Derek, delighted that he kept going and uh, an absolutely fantastic finish by by some of there. It really was, uh, but the the uproar that that goal has has caused has been incredible. But because it's us that scored it, Derek, that's the reason that there's been such an uproar, isn't it? Exactly. So in the 22nd minute, it was a long ball into the box by Sifuentes. Bounces awkwardly in front of the keeper who parries it out for the corner. 36th minute, my last piece of play I've got here in half. Livingston with a quick break down the left, passes inwards and a shot from 20 yards just past our post. So we had plenty of corners. We just never really done anything with them. Plenty of possession. Once again in the final third, we done nothing with it. Derek, when you said there just before... Livingston had had that sort of first real chance of the game. Rangers were up at something like 78% possession in the first sort of 23 minutes to that game, which is quite astounding. And we couldn't make it count. That's uh, And again, you went o- o- over it before, it's a pattern. But to have that amount of possession at home, you know, putting that amount of pressure on, you know, we really need to be putting the game to bed and that is a huge, a huge issue again for us, all the possession and really doing nothing with it. It's the same old story, Dave, though, isn't it? Yep. And that's the big problem. Quite an anyway, incredible start, though. Yeah, absolutely. Into the second half, though, we made a change at halftime. Roof off and Dessa's on, and it's caused a bit of controversy because apparently Roof had a bit of an injury and he never told anyone about it. So he got kind of got pulled up in the, the pressers after the game for that by Beal. So mm. once again, Roof... Injured. I mean, <sighs> I think it's about time we get rid of him. As much as he's a great player when he when he plays, that's the problem. It's if he's if and when he plays. He's uh, he's certainly a goal scorer, Derek. I don't think again as usually gets played in his right position. He keeps saying he's a striker. He's not an out and out striker for me. He's always played his best playing just to the right or just to the left of a main striker. But certainly a guy in there that can score goals and. He's got it all up front, you know, he scored goals, but it just his injuries have been absolutely incredible. And if that is true, what we're hearing that, he, he basically kept it. So it's a groin in, in injury that, that he was uh, away with. Now, I know there's still scans to be done on that, but if that's true, 
for a guy that's been out for so long to have kept playing when that's happened, if he's going to miss time because of that, Derek, then that's criminal, I'm afraid. Um, and I agree with you. I think it's time that we need to kind of look elsewhere. But anyway, Livingston started off by far the better team in the first five minutes, and then we regained control. Seema with a shot on the inside of the box on the left on the 59th minute at an angle, a good block by the keeper. 59th minute as well, Lundstrom with a shot over the bar. 62nd minute, a corner from Livingston on the left, gets ahead to it just by a right post. Butland had covered it anyway, but it was dangerous. And then on the 65th minute, Yilmaz scores an absolute stunning goal to pretty much put the goal to bed. This is the problem, Dave. Once again, we score fairly early on, we start off the worst team in the second half, and it leaves to the 65th to the 70th odd minute to score the second goal to put the game to bed. Yes, we're putting games to bed, but we're making it nervous and hard for ourselves the goal goal itself though Yilmaz gets the ball in our own half he drives it forward starts cutting inwards past a couple of players to the middle and at the 18 yard line of the Livingston box he hits a toe poke past the keeper on the left hand side brilliant goal it was an excellent goal Uh, you know he kept going he kept going he knew exactly what what he was going to do he was desperate to get a shot off the ball it kind of helped him because his final touch just before he hit the shot, it actually took the ball slightly in front of him. So he might not have caught as clean a strike on it as, you know, if if, if he'd have controlled it slightly better. Quite fortunate that that happened, but and he was able to outstretch and it came off his toe and absolutely crunched in the back of the net. And a fantastic goal. It was uh, reminiscent of one of Paul Gascoigne's runs that he used to do, Derek, to the edge of the box and get getting a shot away. So delighted for him, Derek. He's not much of a chance we've not seen much of him at all and that wouldn't have done his confidence a world of good yes brilliant 78th minute lovely turn by Seema on the left wing cuts inside a stunning pass into space into the box for Tavernier who squares it to Lammers who was under pressure and blasts the ball over the bar unlucky for Lammers but Tavernier should have been hitting it himself there yeah definitely and in the 84th minute we went 3-0 up with an OG a lovely ball down the left by Barisic in behind the defender to Seema who tries to cross it and in the outstretched leg the defender directs it into the goal there. As I said, don't care how they go on as long as they no, do. No, no. I thought at first that he'd actually, it was actually Simmer's goal, Derek, when I, when I first saw, saw the goal but you could see it takes the, the deflection. He was trying to get it into the back post for somebody sliding in but thankfully it ended up in the back of the net. Yes. 88th minute, Seema Davis and Lundstrom off, Suter right and Sterling on. And in the 92nd minute, Jack makes it 4 0. A nice team goal with Sterling to Tavernier on the right. Tavernier crosses in, right dummies, and Jack has a first time finish into the back in it. Great. Excellent goal, as you say, Derek. Brilliant team goal. And again, uh, excellent goal by Jack. Just sort of slots the ball uh, in, into the bottom corner. Really, really good goal. And, you know, the, the icing on the cake for, for that game and just happy that we've managed to score a few goals in a game. Yeah. I mean, first time we've done that in a while. Certainly, I cannot fault the energy of the team. That There was maybe a change there with the fact that we were pressing all the time but we are trying to go forward it was just a lack of quality so you can't fault the effort in this game just the quality I'm, a, I'm moaning about a, a 4-0 win but it's the fact that we're, we're making it difficult for ourselves and you've seen that 
granted, the defence have stood up well the last four games. Um, Any time they have come under pressure, they haven't had that silly mistake. So hopefully maybe this is a turning point with the defence. Um, I think we're the best goals uh, in terms of the Premiership as well. We've got the best defence so far. So um, let's, uh, let's build on it. Yeah, I think we... Davies has came back in, Derek, which I think a lot of us were quite shocked, but the stats actually show that him and Goulton have got a fantastic partnership for goals conceded. It's it's excellent. I think we still have a couple of, you know, remember in a few horror shows that Davies put, put on for his last season. He certainly, when he came to us, Derek, he came with a huge reputation and we were all expecting it to be a lot better than than what it was last season. So I just really hope that this is him now starting to find his true form and true reflection on his abilities. Uh, but certainly, you know, touch wood, him and Goldson have looked quite solid in the last few games. Yeah. So, in the Premiership table, we've played six, won four, drawn zero, lost two, scored nine, conceded two, goal difference plus seven, and on 12 points. Still sitting in third just now, we're four behind Celtic, two behind St Mern, and two ahead of Motherwell. So, one thing that's to say about the Livingston game as well, the the draw for the semi-final was drawn after that, and we have drawn Harps at Hamden. That's going to be played on the 5th of November, which is a Sunday. So once again, we get a Sunday game rather than yeah. the first game on Saturday. So the pitch will be like a tatty field once again. Bit of a strange one where Harps aren't getting a 50-50 split of the tickets as it stands just now. They normally do take a good crowd with them. Yeah. So and they've got one of the best crowds at uh, home as well. So a bit strange that one, but more tickets for us, which is good. Exactly, uh, it's it's a bit crap for uh, for all the, the bears that are going to be going to Hamden three o'clock kickoff on a Sunday bonfire night. So it will be absolutely heaving. The, the the whole of Scotland will be horrendous. But uh, you know, it's normal to get out of Hamden, but especially at that time of night as well, I think it's going to be horrific. So. Drawn the short straw there, unfortunately, but here's hoping that they can do the business and get us to the final, Derek, because this is, and again, no disrespect to the, the, the all, all the teams that, that are left. I know it can go horribly wrong, but this is a huge opportunity for us to win some silverware. So I really want us to, you know, put all our energies in, into this semi-final and, and get us to the final. Yes. So the next games to come, we've got a game tomorrow, it'll be today by the time you probably listen to yeah. this, Saturday the 30th of September at home against Aberdeen in the Premiership, that's a three o'clock kickoff. it's Armed Forces Day as well, so there'll be about 150 troops there, and, and obviously the obligatory Alp sale down with the match ball from the, the Sandy Jardin stand. Fantastic. Next game is... Thursday, the 5th of October, is away against Aris Limassol. That's in the Europa League Group C, Game 2. That's a 17.45 kickoff. Sunday, the 8th of October, away against St Mirren in the Premiership. That's a midday kickoff. Saturday, the 21st of October, at home against Hibs in the Premiership, a 1500 kickoff. Thursday, the 26th of October, away against Sparta Prague, Europa League Group C, Game 3, 17.45 kickoff again. And to round out October, Sunday, the 29th of October, at home against Hearts in the Premiership, that's a 1500 kickoff. So I think we've got a double header against Hearts as well, by the look of it. Yeah, it's, uh, this is going to be some difficult games, Derek. Uh, Aberdeen tomorrow or today as the pod go out. They will know that the Rangers are not at their best. They always up their game against us. I really hope that Rangers can go out and do the business. Uh, don't take Aberdeen lightly. 
and then the European game in midweek away from home, that's going to be a difficult one. And then, believe it or not, you know, second versus third, the following week, well, depending on what St Myrne do, do tomorrow, but probably still will be, you know, that's going to be a really tough game because St Myrne have been absolutely fantastic this season as well, away from home. With the amount of injuries that we've got, we can't take any of these games lightly, Derek. We've got to go out fully focused and get you know, victories against all these three teams. That's it. It's going to be a huge week for us. So here's hoping that they can do it. Yes, and you obviously alluded to it as well as the fact that Raskin, Cantwell, Matondo, Roof and Lawrence all out injured. So, and Danilo as well. So they're all going to be missing and for... Dibble as well. Derek, I know he's not f- figured much also, but it's an- another player that was brought into play. Yeah, so they're all going to be largely missing for most yeah. of these games there. So, you know, what's... um. Dr Waller doing you know he was meant to sort this <laughs> exactly, issue he was the one that we were all praising that, that we got, got him back and the, the, the injuries have been absolutely horrific Derek they really have and you know players that are the, the, that we count on as being our, our best players in our team you know are, are missing so I did say it's going to be difficult and like I said Aberdeen like I said will always raise their game against us and knowing the amount of injuries they've got, it's it's going to be a tough one. Yes. So, we'll now go into the news. So, a few bits and pieces as ever. Our fourth kit of the season has been released. It's different. It's uh, red <laughs> and dark blue triangles. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just don't see the need. I mean, clearly it's all about money and trying to get more yes. revenue for Castor yep. and the club as well. But if they really wanted to do that, just bring out an orange top every year. Everybody buys that. <laughs> it's a bit funky, Derek. It looks like a sort of psychedelic 70s wallpaper. Uh, my 17-year-old son thinks it's fantastic. He's, he really likes it. I'm not sure, Derek. But if we get a victory wearing it, I'll love it. So that's as, as, as much as I can say. Yeah. But it's, uh, as you say, definitely different. Well, I think apparently we're using it against Limassol, so yes. it doesn't bode well, does it? You know, um, but I, I mean, it's one of these things. Is a lot of people moaning, oh, it's bad for you know. I feel sorry for kids, and I feel sorry for parents having to buy it at seventy quid. That's four tops, and it's like, I, if anybody's got a daughter like mine, they do not understand the word no, and it's not a bad thing. Kids getting told no, and certainly it's not a bad thing that parents are having to exercise that responsibility of saying no to kids these days. <laughs> So, aye, yes, yeah, if, you, if you're a collector, it's a pain in the arse, but if you're a collector, presumably you've got the money anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, 16-year-old Bailey Rice has signed a contract extension until the summer of 2026, so it's a good sign in hot prospect. Like I keep saying, though, I don't care what age they are, if they're good enough, they're old enough, just get them in. I know maybe 16 is a wee bit too young, but... The, the amount of players that we've had on our books who are meant to be hot prospects and they're meant to be brilliant and then we don't play them when the, the push comes to shove and, and then we lose them, I, I don't know. It's, it's a double-edged sword as well because right now especially, we need to win and we can't just throw projects into games. Maybe do it when we're... If you, this is the whole point of the, the, the situation. If you kill off games earlier on, then you can throw these players in. Yeah, well, I mean, he did. He he got his his first team action against Motherwell, Derek. But at that stage, when he came on, was when Motherwell were really dominating in the match. So 
Uh, we didn't get a chance to, to really see him do much in the game, but certainly going on, all the reports have heard, he's supposed to be one talented boy and uh, he's a bit of a unit for what I've seen. He's a, he's, he's a big lad, so here's hoping we see more of him, Derek, and he, you know, he gets his chance and he goes on to be a huge success for us. Yeah. Next thing... I think this stems from an interview he done with uh, Rangers. Sir Alex Ferguson has had a pop at other Scottish teams for the way they treated us and voted us into the bottom divisions. He also praised our fans for keeping their dignity and still going to these clubs' grounds. I mean, it was undoubtedly it was a messy time for us, but it highlighted the shambles of the setup in the SPFL and the SFA that there are no protocols in place of how to deal with a club in our position. And I don't even still think there is is one in that way. No. The, the dubious way they punished us will always irk me. At the same time, I'm kind of almost glad we're not voted back into the Premiership and we had to start at the bottom as we had been paid our dues and it's something that the other teams and their fans can't hold of, off over us for getting special treatment. I mean, well, I say that, but they, they still think we got special treatment anyway, don't yeah. they? I mean, only in Scotland can you get a worse punishment for doing a legal tax loophole and, being the, and ultimately being the victims of a fraud than abusing countless kids and covering it up for 50 years. That's Scotland in a nutshell just now. It's, uh, you, you know, Derek, it was nice if what Alec Ferguson said about the supporters. He knows what we've all been through. He knows, you know, the the, the heartache that we had watching the team, you know, come back to the, the, the top league for, for the bottom. So it's, it's nice to get a bit of recognition there. Yes. The English national team were at the Rangers training centre to train before the 150th anniversary of the with the game against Scotland. They apparently asked, and why would we say no? So it was a great chance to showcase the best training facility in Scotland, and some of them even took in the museum in their downtime. Of course, it completely enraged the nationalists <laughs> and Celtic fans alike, so brilliant move from the club there. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, Derek. You know my thoughts on on international football. You don't give a toss about it. You don't give a toss about the Scotland Scotland national team. I do. I always cheer on my country international football. But it did not bother me in the slightest. It was a friendly. It was to mark a historic uh, footballing occasion. They came to Rangers. It was great to see some of these, you know, absolute world-class players on their training ground as well. Didn't bother me in the slightest, but uh, I did have a wee chuckle because I just knew that it would annoy the, you know, the the people that we knew that it would annoy, shall we say. I mean, I'm just glad that the transfer window had closed at that point because when I seen a picture of Harry Kane and a Rangers badge in the training centre, I thought, oh God, could, could, it, could it happen? I know, no, rubbish there. I'd rather have de- Dessers than him up front anyway. I'm still holding out for Ra- Robin oh Van Persie. God, I, I, do you want to know something, Derek? I think I would rather have Robin Van Persie than now playing up front for Rangers, but there you go. Next thing, as part of the fan engagement process, there's going to be a fan advisory board. They will meet a minimum of four times per season with senior management, uh, senior club management, and they will act as a voice of the world, the, the fans for the wider fan base. The fans engagement board members will meet on a more regular basis themselves and lead engagement working groups. So ultimately, any fan could apply. It closed on the 22nd of September, and there was a proviso that they need to be dedicated to it and work hard because there is going to be a lot of work in it. I mean, I like the idea, but you exactly you know how exactly this is going to go. They don't speak for me. Will be the cry. 
I mean, the count the counter for this will be well, apply for it yourself for the, for the position yourself. I mean, it's really not quite as simple as that if you've got to dedicate a lot of time to that. But it's a start. We'll see how it goes. And we'll... I really, I really hope it works, Derek. We've we, we've heard about all these uh, initiatives and schemes before under different names. I really hope it works out. I'm I'm pleased that they're trying to address certain things we just have to hope as you say that all the fans can work together that are on this board and you know actually get some things done so f- fingers crossed it'll finally work out yes in the program for the motherwell game bisgrove confirmed that they're well underway with plans to upgrade the stadium and the training facility it appears it was kind of more confirmation that the work over the next three years to upgrade the disabled area and increase the capacity to 51,500 is still going ahead. It didn't elaborate on the other stadium expansion, though. Um, I'm guessing it was the, the further work that they said that there was three options to expand the stadium that they mentioned in a recent fan engagement session. So uh, we'll see what that is. Um, it's good to see that they're still ongoing yeah. anyway. I, yep. I know I know some fans were moaning about it, but there were, I think, Rangers fans moan sometimes about you know, <laughs> the colour blue sometimes. <laughs> Uh, next thing here, ex-Rangers administrator David Greer has had his £5 million wrongful prosecution claim kicked out by the Supreme yes. Court as it's basically seen as not a wrongful prosecution. He has hit back saying that it calls into question other payments received by the others involved. So I'm glad it's been thrown out because it's absolutely correct. It, as I've said before and at the time, you can be arrested, charged and the case still can collapse and there's nothing wrongful about it. I mean, ultimately, the Crown have royally fucked up on every single aspect of this. And I do actually agree with Greer here, is why have the others got a wrongful prosecution compensation? I I don't know if he was slightly different to the others. I I don't know, but yeah, it's it's been a shambles from right from the start. And the last piece of news I've got here is Duncan Ferguson is back in Scottish football after almost 30 years as he's become the new manager of Inverness Cali Thistle. That's after his unsuccessful stint as Forest Green Rovers boss. I mean, maybe the vegetarianism down there must have been the reason for his poor performances. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm pleased to see because he's highly thought of uh, Everton, Derek. He's highly thought of in English football. So delighted for him that he's that, that he's got us, uh, you know, a job here. The chairman of Inverness, I saw, was was absolutely thrilled to have him in. So wish him all the best, unless he plays against Rangers in the cup, obviously. But uh, aye, good good to see him uh, in in management. Yes. So, woman gives armed robber blowjob to distract him until police arrive. <laughs> A petrol station robber was arrested after a mysterious woman reportedly performed oral sex to distract him until police arrived. The would-be thief allegedly burst into the station in Slovakian capital Bratislava before demanding cash from a terrified sales assistant late on on Tuesday night. He was then said to have punched a male member of staff in the face and helped himself to the tiltakings. The employee then fled to the office where a co-worker was before escaping out the back door and calling the police. The 24-year-old suspect was said to have followed him in and demanded more cash from the safe when the 36-year-old Czech woman appeared and decided to stop him with what was described as an unusual method. By the time the police arrived, they found the pair lying half-naked on the ground. (laughs) The suspect was arrested after a brief struggle and taken to the police station following the incident. 
Deflection tactics. All I'm going to say, Dave, is that if I am ever going to rob anything, I'm going to do it in a petrol station in Bratislava. Your luck, though, Derek, it'll, 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 there'll only be a male member of staff that's on duty <laughs> that, right? So, on that rather cheery note, <laughs> I'm away off to Bratislava. <laughs> No, I think that's my travelling done for a good while. I've been grounded for the next foreseeable. So, uh, yes, it's Dave's turn for holidays this time. Yeah, I know. As if that never never happens a lot, Derek, though. So uh, I don't know when we will be back. Derek, it's going to be a few a few weeks from now as well. We are about 100 games to, to, to cover because it is holiday time. But we will... Uh, at least I'll get to see all, all, all the matches this time, Derek, because I'll not be at work. So that's that's one good way of looking at it. Yes, so I should be back with post-matches for all the games. Dave, while Dave's sunning himself, you know, this yep. is Dave's third holiday of the year so far. <laughs> just my second, mate. Just, no, it is actually, you're right, it's my third. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye, folks. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go.